Good morning, Antioch Church. May the 24th, fourth Sunday of May. There are five Sundays in May. There are. And so next again, week, it just again, happened in it March. just happened in March. Exactly. So here we are, May 24th. So, so, so excited about John chapter 17. Grab your Bibles. Let's go to John chapter 17. Jesus' high priestly prayer. But before we get into the word, Let's have an appropriate prayer for the moment, shall we? We shall. Thank you. Would you like to pray? I'd love to pray. Would, would this be called an invocation? No, that would be I'm at just the beginning gonna, of service. I'm just going to read Jesus' high priestly prayer. <laughs> yeah. Our prayer this morning is the entire chapter of John chapter 17. Yes. No. no. Man, pray for us. Yes, let's Please. pray. Lord, we ask that your spirit would be present to us in all of the various places where we are watching and hearing and we thank you that you are in us and among us and at work. And we pray that you would reveal Jesus to us, Holy Spirit. Give us mm -hmm. eyes to see Christ for who he is and to see people as you see them. Yes. And ears to hear your word and receive it as revelation of Jesus the Christ. And God, I pray also that today as we are physically separated, that you would increase the spirit of Come unity on. among yes. us. As we will read in this passage and as yes. Jesus prayed, thousands of years ago, we continue to pray today for the unity of the body of Christ, particularly even here in Colorado Springs. I agree. In Christ's name. Christ's Amen. name. Amen. Beautiful. I, I do want to make mention of my coffee mug so that I don't mention it later. I got to just kill all those rabbits in my head kill now. Kill the rabbits. Yeah. Otherwise. What, what other rabbits can we I'm find? I'm going to just be so distracted. <laughs> you know, what I don't like, though, is that with where the mug is at, you can't see the Antioch logo right we here. we got to get them on both sides. I know. That's kind of lame. What were we right? thinking? Or I should be sitting over there so I can turn. Boom! Look at that. Look at Antioch. that. Antioch. That's you. I don't even know if they could see that, though. It's so faint. It's can we zoom in on that? Is that even possible? Look at that. Mmm. These are cheap mugs, man. We need to get more expensive mugs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me read. Let me drink this before I read. Uh, oh, look at that. Oh, it's perfect. Look, see? Do you, do you take it back? Do you take it back? I feel like I'm on Wayne's World right now. I need a drink. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is like my fifth cup of coffee for the day. Clearly. Don't judge me. Clearly. John chapter 17. <laughs> verse 1. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world. That's kind of funny the way I said that, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I am not praying for the world. Yet. Yet. In this verse, I am not praying for right. the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. 
and glory has come to me through them. Oh, this is so good. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Amen. Amen. The word of the Lord. I was going to say, this is the word of the Lord. <laughs> it's still the word of the Lord. It's still and forever always. This week again, it the, is word the word of the, of the Lord. Lord. I sure hope everyone is feeling as con- like is enjoying this as much as I am. Look, if you haven't had at least four cups of coffee today, stop what you're doing. Yes, that would probably really help. Maybe you would really appreciate our humor if you just went and drank some more coffee. <coughs> yes, you need more coffee. Ding! <laughs> <laughs> hey, I really liked that format last week where you brought all the historical, I don't, I don't have li- liturgical, <laughs> theological. I'm just going to say You're as saying, many words as I can with the ickle. <laughs> get the boring stuff out of the way so we no. can talk about the Holy Ghost. No, See, here's I didn't the thing, hear that. man. Like, you don't make it boring, you I didn't make hear it that. so fascinating. Oh, thank you. Yes. Man, well, quite literally, I'm going to lean in. Jesus has been—he's been teaching. See, he has been teaching. Jesus has been teaching for 13, 14, 15, and 16, and then at the beginning of this, of course, he turns to pray. And I do think that after all of the talk—I mean, and it's there's so much circular talk in here about how many times Jesus says, "I have come from the Father," and the gifts that the Father has given him, and now you are brought into this, and greater things have I done, or you will do than I have done. And Mm -hmm. there's all of this talk about intimacy and mission, and intimacy and mission and communion. Mm. And then Jesus turns his eyes toward heaven and prays. I do think that there is a simple lesson here. It's maybe not always simple to do, but after all of the teaching, talking about unity with God and communion with the Father and continuing the mission, Jesus prays. Mm. And I think for us, we have to realize that as the church, it is so easy to take things into our own hands and to just, especially for me, I know myself, I just want to get things done. Mm -hmm. Tell me what to do and I will get it done. Mm. But this kind of work just can't be done that way. That's powerful. We can't be united and unified. We can't carry on the work of Christ. We can't live from a place of communion by just quote unquote getting things done. That it must start and end with prayer. And it seems to me Jesus doesn't only teach that, but he actually models it. He models it. That once again in the Synoptic Gospels, we see Jesus praying in the garden before he walks into his crowning moment of crucifixion and then resurrection. And then here we have this high priestly prayer before the passion Mm -hmm. that it is bathed in prayer. Because intimacy and communion with God doesn't just, in one sense, it just happens because Christ made it possible, but there is a work for us to participate in. Yeah. And that work is primarily the work of prayer. Absolutely. And I think just on a real practical level, prayer has a way of of inviting us into the spirit of the lesson, inviting us into the spirit of the teaching. And it has a way of activating that inside of us, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's taking everything that we know, quote unquote, that is, that is good and right and saying, oh God, I'm now, I'm, I'm now bringing this to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Empower me, help me, strengthen me yes. by the power of your spirit. Now to take all these things that you have said and that you have directed 
and now be that in me and with me and for me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if Jesus is going to pray for God's strength and assistance, yes. then how much more do we need to pray for God's strength to do even sometimes what we know yeah. is set before us to do, the very right things we still need God's strength and God's power yes. to accomplish this. And preacher things. confession, right? It's easier to preach this than to live it. Absolutely. Yeah, it Actually, is. It's just, Especially it's, for me. It's Christian prof- c- confession. It, yeah, I mean, you know, all, all joking aside, I mean, it's easy to say what's right, to mm-hmm. know what's right, and then, like you said, to try to live these things out in our own strength and our own ability, or let there be just mental assent. Right. You know, yeah. quote verses preach good axioms, right? Mm -hmm. But say, no, Jesus, like we really need to live these things out. Mm -hmm. These things are so important and we need the infilling and the empowering of your spirit. We need grace. Yep. We need grace to fill us, to help these things. Mm -hmm. That's so good. All right, look at verse three. One of my, one of my uh, favorite verses in John chapter 17, one of them, because there's many. Now this (laughs) is eternal life that they know you, Mm. the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life. Um, You know, when we scale all of these things away, I heard a very wise person say, if you can't break the gospel down to an elementary-aged student, to a a kid, then, you know, in some ways, we're not really hitting the mark, Hmm. right? So what is eternal life? And eternal life is knowing God. It's knowing Him. It's having a desire to know His heart. It's It's a desire to know His... His, his true being, his character, his personality. I'm reminded in Psalm 103 where it said that uh, you have showed us your ways. You've revealed your ways to Moses. And, and that is what is appetizing and appealing to me, that I know who God is. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to spend the rest of my days on this earth and throughout all of eternity knowing this amazing, incredible God revealed in Jesus. And friend, I want you to know today, if you don't know God, if you feel far from Him, if your vision or your version of God is an angry, distant lawmaker, if He's a legal judge, He's an angry father, friend, I want you to know that this is what true salvation is, that you know the heart of God, that you know Him. Yeah. And I want to tell you today that He's good. He's good and He's faithful and He's true and He's righteous and He's patient with us. He doesn't yeah. tolerate right. us. He's kind towards us. And if your view of God is anything but that, I want to invite you today, even as Jesus is praying right here in verse 3, this is what eternal life is. I mean, let's be honest. If eternal life is living throughout all of eternity with some angry legalistic God, yeah. I mean, like, that's torturous. Yeah, right. You know, with some lawgiver who's just, you know, checking off boxes. No, this is eternal life that we know the heart of a good father. Yeah. It's so funny because, of course, it's a caricature of evangelicalism, but to be saved is to escape hell. And, of yeah. course, there is, there is some, some way in some sense that that is true. But what good is it to escape hell to be with a God that you don't want to be with, right? And is that place really all it's cracked up to be if yeah. God is not better than we imagined? Yeah. And the reason that eternal life is, is 
something we should want yeah. to pursue. It's amazing. It's desirable. Yes. Is because God is who He is as revealed in Christ. Absolutely. He is all loving. He is humble. Mm -hmm. He is the one who elevates us and prefers us and is willing to lay His life down for us. You I mean, bet. what's not attractive about that? Yeah. So, yeah, he's better yes. than we could ever imagine. He is better than we could imagine. Look at verse 4 right here. I've brought you glory. This is Jesus again praying. I've brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. There is so much to say here. Mm -hmm. So many places that we could go. First and foremost, that work is good. Yes. Right? That, that work is not bad. Right. And that work was given before the fall. Yes. So... Yeah, work there, is a gift. Work is a gift, and there is a redemptive and eternal mm -hmm. element to work, to all work, even mundane, common work. Yeah. And that when we are faithful to our work, mm -hmm. that God is glorified. Absolutely. Right? So I know that even now in this season, that work has looked different. Mm -hmm. And some of us have lost a little bit of our motivation on work, and we've had to get creative on how we go about work. But I'm telling you today, man, that when we faithfully give ourselves to the work of the Lord before us, that God, God receives glory. Absolutely. Even if we're unaware of it. And it's, it's so beautiful how John just weaves certain ideas and mm -hmm. themes throughout the entirety of his book. And work is a big deal to John. In John chapter 4, verse 34, there's this, there's this moment where Jesus is having a conversation with a lady at the well. Disciples show up. He's not eaten yet. They bring him, you know, a, a grab bag and... And he's like, hey, listen, I, I have work that you don't even, you don't even know about. Mm -hmm. And then he says this. He says, the Father is always at work. Right. Right? So, but then this is, fat, this, is, this is interesting. He says, I brought you glory by finishing the work. Yes. And to which I go, well, wait a minute, Jesus, you're still alive. And if we, if we fast forward over here just a couple of chapters to chapter 19, verse 30, Verse 30, when Jesus is on the cross, it says, when he had received the drink, Jesus says, it is finished. Mm. But wait a minute, you just said over here in John chapter 17 that you finished the work. And then you said over here in John chapter 4 that the Father is always at work. Mm -hmm. Like, what's going on here? And I think if we, if we just did a little bit of a dive into that, I think there are different kinds of work that Jesus is giving himself to. Yeah. Right? So in John chapter 17, he immediately goes into praying for the disciples and one of the things that he was giving himself to was making sure that the work he finishes on John chapter 19 mm -hmm. endures. Right. Right? Yeah. So why come and just die on a cross and there is no one to carry that on, which speaks to the critical nature of discipleship yes. in carrying on the redemptive work of Jesus into yes. the earth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like at this point part of the work that is finished is that Jesus has come to this moment yeah. with the starting point for the church. You betcha. So this is, in its own way, this is elevating the importance of the work that is then passed on to us. Yes. That of course Jesus did things that only Jesus could do. That we are, we could not die, well, even if we did die on a cross, it mm -hmm. wouldn't be in the same way that Christ did. Absolutely. But the spirit of Christ's work and the mission to which he was called yes. is still being carried on through us. Yes. Yeah. And if it were just about the work on the cross, well, then he could have done that at any point. Yep. Right? But, but the work that he finished that he's referring to in John 17, or at least one aspect of it, was taking these 12 guys... Now, we, we know only 11, you know, made mm -hmm. it. Um, but even from the outcrop of these 12 right. guys, 
that he is investing and pouring and training and discipling, mm-hmm. teaching, correcting, all of these things, man, that was not wasted work. And I think that's a good work for us that our work of spiritual formation personally mm-hmm. and our work of passing that on to those that are around us, yeah. it's never wasted work. It's so critical right. to the ultimate work that Jesus did lasting beyond us generation after generation after generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's an entrusting work that we have been entrusted with. Yes. And we know that none of us individually and none of us even as a local church will complete the work. Right. We can complete the work in the sense that we were faithful to the work. Yes. But none of us, like our job is to pass it on, pass it on. and to pass it on. Yeah. And that is, in a sense, completing the work. Exactly. Being faithful to that middle. Yes. Right. Receiving yes. and retrieving that mm-hmm. which has been passed down from generations in terms of the faith, cultivating it, stewarding it, protecting it, defending it, and then handing it on faithfully mm-hmm. to the next generation. So Amen. good. So good. You good. know what's so funny is that Lauren asked me not to move. I think it's almost impossible for me not to move. It is. Except for Good Friday. I was like this on Good Friday. Yeah. I was going to say, I'll challenge you. You can't not move. If you challenge now me, you're then I do will... It. See? Then it's just going to get awkward because everyone's going to know that Pastor's not moving because <laughs> Pastor Jonathan challenged him not to. Now I'm going to move. I want you more. to move. I want <laughs> you to move. I need you to move. I'll think something's wrong if you're not moving. Oh, my goodness. Hey, man, take us somewhere else in, in these 11 verses. Well, yes. Yeah, so something that we talked about right before the camera started rolling. Don't share our secret. Don't well, tell them that. Okay, We've been talking well, about this for weeks. Come, come here. Come here. <laughs> We'll invite them in. A window. (laughs) But neither of us had really ever noticed until we were studying for this just how frequently the word gift, gift giving, and gift receiving Mm. is in this passage. I mean, without reading it. No, can I? I want you to. Please. I want you to move, and I want you to read it. And you're going to read it. Please do it again. No, this is amazing. Okay, no, for for real, though. This This is what we're talking about here. Look at how many times the word give or gave or some yeah, variation some iteration of that. Of Let's gift. just start with verse 3. Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave, gave me to do. This is going to be like a fun game now. Yeah. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had before the world began. Verse 6, I have revealed you to those whom you gave, gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they've obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from me. Why would you stop, man? Oh, this is really oh, fun. Yeah. For I gave them the words you gave me. So you gave me words. I gave you you gave me these disciples. Yeah. I'm giving them back to you, right? Yep. I pray for, anyways, on and on it goes. There's this, there's this sense yes. of everything that Jesus, I'm still in your thunder now, I'm sorry. No, it's good. Everything Jesus has, has been given from the Father. He tends, he stewards, he cultivates, and then he gives it back. Yeah. Man, Well, just in down. this verse 10, Come on. so it kind of culminates here. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. Through them. So we know from other places that all that is given to Christ is given to us. It is our, we are co-heirs. It's our inheritance as well. So it is just a beautiful picture, a reminder, for one, of who God is. So, so I think something else is happening here that it wouldn't have been all that outlandish to hear 
all I have is yours. For Jewish people to know that all we have is, is first God's, yes. But then this claim that Jesus makes, and all you have is mine. I mean, this is now going back into John's theme, which it seems like every time we've preached on John, this comes up at the end of John 20. All of these signs and many more yes. happened so that we would believe that Jesus is the Messiah, oh, the Absolutely, Son the Son of God. So this is just another way that Jesus is reiterating, reiterating all that God has is mine and all that I have is His mm. because we are one. And now you have been brought into this. This, what, so what is in the Trinity? What an amazing honor that we've been brought it into is. that. Yeah, that we even share in His glory. Yes. Glory is another word that is just used all throughout the, chap the, the book of John and mm -hmm. particularly in the first half of this chapter. Yeah. That we share even in His glory that we've been brought into the Trinity, the life of God. And what is this? Well, among other things, it is mutual submission and mutual gift giving mm. that all that we have is a good gift that comes from God. And I think that's really important for us to remember, particularly in a time like this. You know, we're in quarantine. This is good. This is good. It feels like the world is spinning out of control, that we are confined and, con you know, constrained. Uh, we've had these parameters put on us. There's all these things that we don't have. There's yeah. all these things that we can't do. But I think if we just pause for a minute, we can, our, our perspective can be shifted. Well, for one, look at all that we do have. It's a really simple exercise of gratitude. Mm. And then all the things that we can't do are for the sake of preserving those who are not sick. Yeah. For It's for the sake of preserving life beyond ourself. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I mean, that is a linchpin part of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. That Jesus lays his life down right? for the sake of others who are largely unaware. Yeah. You know, the, this, this is, is part of the message on the cross is God forgive, Father forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. So yeah, is there a sacrifice that's been placed on us in this time? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it's for the sake of lives. Yeah. And without taking all of the conspiracy stuff, all of the political agenda, put all of that aside. Forever, please. Yes, forever. Can we put that away forever? <laughs> if I read another post. <laughs> Let's put Facebook aside. Oh, maybe that's what I need Although to do. Although you, you might be watching this on Facebook. Yes. It is good for that. Yeah. But is it not worthwhile for us mm -hmm. who have received so much yeah. to be willing to sacrifice a few things and for some of us, maybe more than a few. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to minimize that. Sure but for the sake of others, for the like sake that of is others. what the Christian life is about. It. it is about living in the life of God, which is all about mutual submission. Yes. The Father points to the Son. The Son yes. points to the Spirit Spirits. and the Father. Yes. The Spirit points, points back. To, yes. So, yeah, I don't want to be on a soapbox here, but no. I think that this is really poignant in this time for us to just to count our blessings, to count gratitude, that. and even where things are really difficult. We yeah. don't want to act like this is just a minor inconvenience. For me, it's largely been that. But for some, this has been a really difficult thing. Mm -hmm. And even in the midst of that, I believe that God gives gifts in the midst of difficulty. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that mm. the difficulty is the gift, but that God brings good where evil is present. That's so good. So, yeah, yeah. let's change our perspective. I love that. One of the things that I'm that I'm particularly hearing, Jonathan, as you're sharing that, is one of the ways, because you know, if we fast forward to verse 11, and I know we're kind of holding that as as our gaze in these verses, 
But as we fast forward to verse 11, that I will remain in the world no longer. They are still in the world. I'm coming to you. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. One of the things that I'm hearing from you is, guys, this is very, in some regards, this is very deep, very, very spiritual, very mystical in some ways, yes. right? Yeah, mystical, yeah. Right? In some ways, this is very theological. In some ways, this is very practical. Mm-hmm. How do we live out this idea of unity, this idea of being one? Yep. And what I hear you saying is the spirit of mutual submission places your welfare and your yeah. benefit even if even if at moments I have to sacrifice right. right or be inconvenienced, this is how we live out the spirit, one of the ways. Yes. How we live out the spirit of being one. Absolutely. Right? And I as you were reading, uh, my mind jumped over to John chapter fifteen. John chapter fifteen, verse eight. Again, this glory theme, we see this all over John, particularly in these long chapters from 13 through 17. I can't now say 13 through 17 without saying long. John 13 through 17, but here in 15, he says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. That you bear much fruit. How do we bear fruit? Showing ourselves to be His disciples. How do we show ourselves to be His disciples? This is really fun. And we're not not there in John chapter 17, but... In John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23, Jesus says, guys, listen, when you live out being one, mm-hmm. the world will know, the world will know that the Father has sent me. Mm-hmm. When you live that out. Then over here in John chapter 13, Jesus says, love one another. Yes. Right? Because this is how people will know that you are my disciples, by your love for one another. And he's weaving all these together. Now he's praying into this. And the theme of loving one another has never gone away. Right. Right? Absolutely. So how is it that we practically, you know, flesh out this idea that we are one in God and God is in us and He invites us into this beautiful Trinitarian relationship of mutual submission? It is getting down into loving one another. It has not changed. The message has not changed. Yes. Love one another. Right. And you'll show yourselves to be my disciples. And as you show yourselves to be my disciples, John chapter 15, verse 8, the Father gets glory. And in so doing, the world sees that everything I've said and done is legit. Yes. And if I remember correctly, John 3.16 is in the book of John, I think. Where, I mean, this is, it's so easy to overlook and over-spiritualize because I think so much of our culture focuses on our feelings and Mm -hmm. our well-being and our making things happen for ourselves. But John 3.16 begins with, For God so loved the world that He was willing to give His Son. And that hasn't changed. And then, so let's go the other direction. Let's go to 1 John. Yes. So the whole message of 1 John is all about loving one another because God first loved us. Yes. I mean, 1 John 4, 8. You better read that verse. (laughs) I'm going to read this verse. I should have had this verse memorized. I kind of did, but I didn't want to mix the words up. So (laughs) bear with me. Yeah. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Because God is love. Jonathan, that's not a very difficult verse to memorize. You know, here, 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 you, you need some, you need some memorization. Uh, here, I will give you a stack of note cards. Listen, I did JBQ. S- start with that, that was just one. A long start time with ago. that one. That's a really, yes. start with Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Get that under your bank, build some momentum one. and then it. go to that one. And yes. Yes. <laughs> but the message hasn't changed. Yes. That 
overflowing from the communion of the life of God himself is nothing but love and life, yes. life and love. And this is, this is the mission of God, so is good. to carry this into the world. In some ways it's complicated, but in other ways it's not. If you had a mic, you could drop it right now. I would drop it right you, now. You could just pull that lapel out and just drop it you know, for effect. I could. I could. That might be a little awkward for all of our viewers, though, it so please be. don't do that. Yes. Uh, all right, let's, let's just get back to the word here. Verse 16, I've revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me. They've obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. Oh, this is so good. I gave them the words you gave me. They accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you. They believed that you sent me. Let's just pause here on verse 9. I pray for them. Yes. Man, let's just, let's just stop right here and really just relish in the fact that Jesus, the Son of God, yeah. that Jesus, the one in whom the fullness of the Godhead yes. bodily dwelt, Amen. Jesus, Romans chapter 8 tells us, is sitting right now at the right hand of God, yeah. right, and gives us this little window, right, in the most difficult moment of his life in this winepress garden. What is he doing? He is praying for us. Mm -hmm. He's praying for his disciples. He's praying for you. He is praying for me. Man, I'm telling you guys, Jesus is interceding for you right now. Take heart. Take heart, yeah. friends that Jesus is praying for you. Man, you skipped your prayer time. Not that I'm advocating that, but listen, no it condemnation. Happens. What's that? It happens. It happens. But listen, man, Jesus, the Son of God, is praying for you. He is at the right hand of the Father and looking forward to 1 John. Scripture tells us that Jesus serves as our advocate. Man, when the enemy is there condemning you, when the enemy is there just throwing all of your junk in the Father's face, you know what Jesus is doing? Like a good defense attorney, he is advocating for you. He is standing there and saying, my blood is good enough. My blood has justified them. And Jesus is always praying the perfect will of the Father. Friend, take heart that Jesus is praying grace and strength and peace and life and provision over your life. And we get to enter into that intercession. Yeah. We get to enter into one of the greatest high priestly works of Jesus, praying for one another. Yeah, I think we've already talked about prayer some, but we don't talk about prayer enough, honestly. And how prayer, Jesus seems to be elevating prayer to not just something that makes the work happen, but prayer is part of the work itself. Maybe the greatest part. I don't mm. know. I don't know that I'm qualified to say. But more than doing, and for people like myself, this is, this is crucial to hear, that prayer is not just a means of filling up the gas tank because driving is really what we want to do. Mm. No, prayer is one in the same as the work. Like yeah, God, yeah. God is working in and through and They're, participating with all of us. And they're yeah. so wound up together that right. we don't, we can't even tell. We can't separate them. Yeah, we cannot separate That's really them. That's really good. And so that is encouraging. I mean, and you, you mentioned so many, and then there's the whole message of Hebrews seems to be that Jesus is yes. the high priest. And what does the high priest do? But Stepping in, essentially intercession is the role. Yeah. The one who goes between God and the people. Yeah. Who represents the people to God and mm -hmm. represents God to the people. Yeah. And Christ is doing this for us 
right before his crowning moment. Amazing. I mean, it's beautiful. Yep. And then following our theme here of mutual submission and mutual love, that one of the ways that we love each other mm -hmm. and one of the ways that we enter into that spirit of mutual submission is by praying for one another, yep. by praying for one another. You know, in fact, I think that we would have a lot less accusation and we'd have a lot yes. less friction in our relationships and mm -hmm. our marriages, families, co-workers, friendships, if instead of partnering with the accuser, we partnered with the intercessor. Mm. Ooh, somebody needs to tweet that junk. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> I mean, we're either going to partner yeah. with the accuser or we're going to partner with the intercessor. We're going to partner with the spirit of accusation or we're going to partner with the spirit of intercession. Yeah. It's one of the ways that we live this out. Yeah, and that is an opportunity that is before us almost all the almost time. Almost all the time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let that be a word. Well, in closing, uh, yes. let's summarize, but maybe even before we do that, that, that verse 11 yeah. there where he talked yeah. about uh, being one, you had some real powerful nuggets, man, on that. <clears throat> yeah, so I'll just read the verse again, and then we can bring this to a close in summary here. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. And there is so much talk about church unity. Mm -hmm. And I think most of it is, is good motives. We'll, mm -hmm. just, we'll, we'll say it flows from a place of good motives, giving people the benefit of a doubt because I'm partnering with the spirit of intercession, Come on. not the spirit of accusation. Mm -hmm. But we're... We're missing out if we don't finish the verse. Mm -hmm. How are we to be one? We are to be one as they are one, yeah. they being the Son and the Father. Right. And I think it's implied that the Holy Spirit is in there. We are called to be one as the Trinity is one. And this is just reiterating some of the themes that we've already been talking about. But how are they one? Well, what did we just talk about Jesus doing in reg with relation to the Father? interceding, praying. Yes, yes. So very practically, how are we called to be one? Well, we're called to be one essentially by praying for one another. That's good. That's one of the things. I love it. Um, how else are they one? Jesus is constantly pointing to the other two. The Spirit is pointing to Christ yes. and to the Father. The Father is bestowing glory on the Son. There is this preferring, preferring. this elevating, Fantastic. this valuing and honoring Excellent. the other, one yeah. of the others while they are distinct in their function. And totally. this is a an area where I think that we get off track so often is where it's hard for us to appreciate the other functions uh, in the body of Christ. Mm. And I think that's Come a natural propensity of Come human on. nature. Come on, you better is, bring that home. <laughs> well, is that there are, man, he's setting this up really powerfully. Let's go, let's go, bring it out is that all of us are not called to be the same. For one, we mm -hmm. have different gifts. Mm -hmm. We have different experiences, different backgrounds. Different churches are reaching different people. Yes. And does this mean that we can't think critically about other facets of the body of Christ? Of course it doesn't mean that. Mm -hmm. But the way that we do that should yes. be from the spirit of intercession, yeah. not the spirit of accusation. I love it. And it should always be from also the spirit of mutual submission and yeah. mutual honor and pointing and preferring one another. I love this. So rather than just tearing down everything that doesn't look like us or sound like us or appreciate the same things that we appreciate, can we learn to find value and to see where God is at work in other corners and facets of the body of Christ where 
our propensity is to think God's not at work right. there. Because they're so My off. way is good. My way is right. Yeah. Theirs isn't. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, we're, we should be mature enough to know that that's not true. Sure. In our best we moments. We should be a lot we of things. We should be a lot of things. <laughs> but how often can we just be blindly critical? Yeah. And really, I think one of the things that we're doing is we're underestimating the power of God to work in broken vessels. Because on our best days, we yes. are still filthy rags. Yeah. And yet God does yeah. real ministry here. Exactly. We know that God is at work in Antioch Church, that God touches, God has touched nations of the earth right. from people within Antioch Church. But we are still broken. Absolutely. Can we not assume the same for others yeah. who are equally broken, but God is equally at work there? So good. We so. know that this all-surpassing greatness, this treasure is yeah, in jars, jars of clay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, as you were sharing, it just reminded me of our message a few weeks ago, who being in very nature God yes. did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, mm -hmm. but he lowered himself, taking the very nature of a servant. And so how do we live this out? Man, by lowering ourselves, right? Yeah. Serving one another, preferring one another, mm -hmm. not grasping, right? not dividing, not fighting. And man, this is, this is really, really good. Yeah. yeah, thanks for bringing that home. Yes. All right. Jesus did it. He did it. He brought it home first. It is finished. So that we could bring it home. <laughs> man, oh, give us man. a good summary and yes. a good closing word and charge to our friends <laughs> today, bro. We'll be encouraged because Jesus has finished the work. Amen. And we read that early on in the beginning, that Jesus' mission was multifaceted and he finished all of it. And he has given us the gift of the Spirit and He is interceding for us so that we can carry on His mission faithfully. So Antioch Church, know today that we are praying for you, but much more importantly, that Jesus is praying for you, that He is interceding, that He is standing before the Father, and that He and the Father are one, yes. that there is no division between them, and that God has brought us into that Come life on. to participate with His mission, and He has called us to be one, he has given us good gifts. Just as the Father gave gifts to Christ, Christ has given us gifts as the church so that we can faithfully continue this mission, even in quarantine. Even in quarantine. 